In the year 51 BCE, a young woman came to power in Egypt. Over the following 21 years, she would display a natural ability as a politician and would be a great leader that would grow her empires to levels that Egypt hadn't seen for centuries. And then some Roman dudes would call her an evil seductress, known only for the dudes she boned. And that's how most people think of her almost 2,000 years later. But here at HPH, we get off on telling you that you're a history idiot and setting the story straight. So we're here to do it again. It is once more time for you to go grab a drink, settle in, and enjoy the tale of Lady Badassery that is this episode of Hunter Proof History, titled Cleopatra, Bad Rome Ants. This, you know, like Rome, get it? Is Hunter Proof <laughs> History. We're drinking whiskey and talking history. So, grab a drink, sit back, relax, and enjoy a few laughs as the guys talk about all the horrible things people do to each other. Here are your hosts, Chris and Greg. All right, let's give Chris a call. Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message system. I'm going to rub my dick on a naked Barbie while we wait on Greg. It's not available. <laughs> At the tone, God, this sand is fucking never... <laughs> when you have finished it's on my tongue! You may hang up or press one for more options. Hey Chris, it's Greg. Just uh, following up on my research for our new episode. I'm actually walking up to Cleopatra's court right now. Uh, I guess it was dumb trying to call you since the, you know, the whole time zone is completely different here. Oh, and you know, it's also 2,000 years in the past, so that's probably part of it too. Anyway, I'll talk to you later. Lube man out. <laughs> you may now enter. Hi, Cleopatra. My name's Greg. And what is your business, stranger? So, I'm the host of a podcast called 100 Proof History, and we're actually doing an episode about you. I learned how to travel through space-time from my special friend Hambone, so figured I'd come straight to the source. I don't know the majority of the words you just said. (laughs) Don't worry, I mean no harm, and actually I just want to ask you a few questions. Is this some sort of mockery? Guards, what brings this stranger and his retinue... A man that goes by the name of Dan that just repeats himself over and over, an invalid named Wolfdick that speaks through a magic device, and a disembodied seeing hand covered in whorish makeup that is the hambone the stranger speaks of. He insists he can trace his lineage back to the sun god Ra, an ancient deity of the local populace. His entourage also carries a black leather chest. Inside are an assortment of flavored lubricants, a ball gag, a latex mask, and a penis cage. <laughs> Excuse me, what? A penis cage. It's so I can watch and not derive any physical pleasure. <laughs> it's, it's part of the kink. <clears throat> Guards, kill this man immediately. Hambone, now! <laughs> oh, that was a close one, guys. Why does that keep happening? Oh, well. Guess we'll just have to read another fucking book for our research. <laughs> and scene. Woo! All right, I like it. I like that Hambone is now able to transfer his powers. And we got a little bit of orange in the story on Hambone. Apparently he's a direct descendant of the god Ra. That's that's pretty impressive. That was his claim. You know, who yeah. knows? He does say a who lot knows? of stuff that you know, he doesn't really mean. Like, he'll call you back in the morning. Piece of shit. <laughs> 
You're just sitting there pounding your hand on the nightstand. Where are you, Hambone? Where are you? <laughs> I'm so lonely. You just end up, with a, end up in the ER with a broken hand. I've stopped going to the ER. I, I found a veterinarian who doesn't ask any questions. And so I just go there, you know. I have oh, all these various yeah. injuries. And he's like, you've been walking naked through your house again, huh? That's how that doorknob got... Yep, that's, uh, you know. <laughs> it's tricky. You just slip and fall. They say most accidents happen at home. It's true. It's really true. Just the entire shampoo bottle, huh? The whole thing. <laughs> okay. But why a pineapple? Well, there's ridges. <laughs> well, that was that was very impressive. Thank you for that, Gregory, once again. I really tried to think outside of the box, differentiate ourselves from other podcasts. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody can read a fucking book and do some research, but, you know... I just wanted to live out some some fantasies and at the same time go directly to the source. It did not work. It's the only podcast that will enlist the services of a disembodied ghost hand that can travel through space and time to go and try and get more information for you. Nobody else is going to do that shit for you. Yeah, name one podcast. Right? <laughs> yep. No one else does what we do. That is true. There might be a reason for it. I don't know. <laughs> no, they're just not as good, man. <laughs> Not as close to the beating heart that is history. Once again, I get the image of the guy driving down the road with his grandma and the deacons from his church, maybe the pastor. He's like, oh, a history podcast about uh, Cleopatra. Why don't we listen to that for a second? <laughs> He's just frantically trying to punch out immediately. <laughs> I had no idea. I had no idea. I had no idea. And a penis cage. Oh, shit. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, my Gerald had a penis cage back in the 40s, <laughs> but it was to keep him from screwing those prostitutes during the war. Okay. All right, Grandma, please. It was made of wood. <laughs> so he couldn't get any. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, like we said, today we're talking about Cleopatra. We're going to tell you the true story of Cleopatra, uh, something you probably don't know. You probably only have seen movies and stuff stupid shit like that like uh there's one coming out pretty soon with gal gadot as cleopatra which is uh, is there yeah gross misrepresentation but that's okay maybe we'll get the history right we'll see pretty sexy representation if you ask me nothing gross about it <laughs> yeah, girls are yucky anyway wait girls i thought yeah i thought that was a male actor Gal Gadot. <laughs> oh, never mind. That is a gross <laughs> representation. Yeah, boo! Boo! Anyway, we are taking most of our information from our main source, which is Cleopatra, A Life, by Stacey Schiff. I enjoyed it, Greg. And I, I, I'm finding a trend of if it's important person, colon, a life, it's usually very detailed and very good. That's how you just mm. start picking books. Extremely uh, original name. Yeah, nobody else has thought of that subtitle for something. But, you know, it was a good book. I enjoyed it immensely, actually, and uh taught me a lot. I liked it, too. And the way it started out, you and I had talked about it, I wasn't so sure. Mm -hmm. It's basically like, we don't know so many things. And I'm like, oh, God, another one of these books, huh? Yeah. But there is actually a ton that we do know, so. When she doesn't know something, she can fill in the blanks with stories from that time about other people, like what mm -hmm. royal life would have been like for Cleopatra, even though we don't know a lot about her childhood and stuff like that. Right. Well, Chris, are you ready to get into the story? Yeah, man. I'm excited. Let's do it. <laughs> 
Let's get to this story. Let's do it. Fucking do it. Let's do it. All right. Stop trying to tell me. Stop doing it. I'm going to do it. No, please. Please, Daddy. Cleopatra VII was born in the Ptolemaic dynasty in 69 <laughs> BCE. Get it, guys? 69? That's a sex number. That's a Off to a roaring start. <laughs> the number of times you have to kiss somebody to get them pregnant. That's what uh, they told me. Oh, I always wondered how that was a sex thing. I just went along with it, you know? Yeah, same here. It's like one of those things, it's, you know, you learn it when you're 30 and then, you know... <laughs> By the time you're 37, you're just too afraid to ask. So you just roll with it. Real talk. Until I was about 18, I thought oral sex was phone sex. Because, you know, oral, like you're talking. That's real talk? That's real talk. <laughs> oral sex. <laughs> I just called that in a mouth kebab. <laughs> My neighbor just calls it gag reflex testing. Says you got to get real strong at that. That's, that's how you get all the, the attention when you go to college. So that's what I've been doing. He told me it would be uh, important as I became an adult. Mm-hmm. He was right. He was right. <laughs> the implication is that I was not an adult at the time, Chris. You should not oh. be laughing. <laughs> oh, sorry. God damn it. <laughs> you promised me a bicycle, mister, said 17-year-old Greg. <laughs> you said I'd get a Kit Kat, said 40-year-old Chris. The dynasty stretched back to the days of Alexander the Great, whose buddy Ptolemy claimed Egypt for himself when Alexander died of some form of death. That meant that the Cleopatra Ptolemaic dynasty family was Macedonian Greek, and they weren't actually Egyptian. They also didn't live out in Cairo near the ancient pyramids, which had been built thousands of years before Cleopatra was born. Instead, they lived in the relatively advanced and modern city of Alexandria. It sat upon the coast of the Mediterranean and was the richest and possibly the most advanced and well-educated city in the known world at that time in human history. Yeah, Cleopatra was born uh, closer to us than she was the pyramids. Yeah, it's weird. It's a mind fuck. Well, all of this is to say that if when you think of Cleopatra, you think of a Middle Eastern woman wearing a long Egyptian dress with a bunch of gold jewelry, and maybe she rides in stone using hieroglyphics while outside slaves build her a massive pyramid tomb, and you're thinking about it all wrong, and you're off by about 2,000 years. But despite their advanced thinking for the time, the Ptolemaic dynasty still relied on the ancient tradition that has recently been revived by porn sites everywhere, incest. Oh, it's a naughty one. Yeah. Pretty much every child was born as a result of an incestual relationship. It kept the kingdom in the Ptolemy bloodline. It prevented interference from foreign countries. As you will see... It led to siblings attempting to murder the shit out of each other to knock out competition for the throne. And it happened in almost every single one of their lines. Yeah. It was crazy. Like, it's more noticeable the ones that didn't have a sibling killing another sibling or a mother trying to kill a child or something like that. It's fucking wild. Yeah. yeah. But that was after they fucked and made another baby. Most times. Most times. This story may be different. Yes, that is also wild. It did remind me of a story you told me once. You were very drunk and crying heavily, but... Oh, so uh, a Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> Wild fucking guess. <laughs> you, know, you, you were talking about Thanksgiving once where you showed up and your family wasn't there. It was just your uncle. And then the room was nice and dark. And he's sitting at like one of those folding tables 
that usually the kids sit at or whatever. Mm, the kids' table. Yeah. And on the table was a very big dagger and a bottle of lube. And he said, Happy Thanksgiving. You pick what we're going to do today. <laughs> Turned around to open the door. The doorknob on the inside had been taken off. <laughs> I, th- I think it got lost in you. When you're running yeah. around the house naked. Yeah, it happens. You know what happens? You just... I remember you telling me the story, and I, I said, well, obviously, you chose the lube, because you're still here, you didn't get stabbed to death. And you're like, well, I mean, really, I chose both. I asked him to hold the knife to my throat while he used the lube, so, you know, I get that extra little thrill from it. But, uh, <laughs> you know. No, I, I actually did choose both, but I just used the knife to cut open the lube so that it could come <laughs> out faster, because the top is so restrictive. Like, what, is a baby using this lube? Right. Uh, no, no. <laughs> And you did tell me very strongly that you were at least 18 years old when this happened. You were very emphatic on that point. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. My birthday was actually on Thanksgiving that year. <laughs> so I know what else was there. Like, oh, fuck that guy. He's coming. He's going to yeah. expect special treatment today. Uh-huh. I got special treatment. Well, as a young girl, Cleopatra was given a fantastic education in which she learned how to give speeches in nine different languages, as well as learning math and astronomy that was light years ahead of the rest of the world. (laughs) (laughs) She knew the Earth was round. She knew the equator was a thing. She knew the value of pi, and she knew it was possible to sail from Spain to India, which is something that some uh, jackass wouldn't even attempt for another 1,500 years. How'd she know? Hmm. Mm. And little known fact, of the nine languages that Cleopatra spoke, one of the surprising additions was actually Egyptian. Despite the seven million people in her country that spoke the language, it was mostly relegated to the farmers in the countryside and was largely ignored by the Ptolemaic dynasty. Up to that point, they had all spoken Greek and she was the first to actually learn the language of the people she would rule. They were very disconnected from the society that they ruled. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing about Egypt at the time. You had two very different cultures. You had the city culture in Alexandria, and the countryside, the Egyptians in the countryside, they operated very differently. And up until Cleopatra's day, uh, each one of these Ptolemaic leaders, they always had trouble kind of like balancing that out. Now, it is important to know that the story of Egypt and Cleopatra can't really be told without also talking about Rome. My favorite Wilson Phillips song. I don't know. It's it's tough. Hold on for one more day. I mean, it's... it's I celebrate their entire catalog. <laughs> That's exactly what that reminded me of. <laughs> At this point in history, Rome was the greatest military power in the world, and Egypt was the richest country in the world, which made the two countries BFFs. Egypt was happy to give Rome money and ships in exchange for protection, even if that protection was from Rome itself. You don't want those Rome condoms. (laughs) I don't think that's the kind of protection they meant. Do you know how rare condoms were back then? No, I don't. How rare were they, Greg? Very. Mm. I mean, you heard in the intro, I went back, and I was looking for some, not like, okay, so the kink is, there is a condom, Uh and and then you open it. But then your partner's like, no, no, 
let's live dangerously. And so it's <laughs> nice to just have it there on the nightstand and you look yeah. at it. Yeah, you know, oh, I got That's you. how okay. I use protection. <laughs> I just look at it and think of how dangerously I'm I'm living, you know. Yeah. But uh, it's, it was very expensive to get a, la- a lambskin condom. Oh, I did not know that. I did know. I remember our main source talking about it, like when they were having sex, they would have tricks to try not conceive. Mm-hmm. Jumping up and down and shit. Yeah. What yeah. if you sneeze in the middle of sex? Uh, you're not having a baby. That's it. <laughs> There's no kid coming today. Where I was thinking, it's like, if she sneezes, well, I'm uh, instant. Like, immediately. Oh, oh God! <laughs> <laughs> well, we're done. Uh, yeah. Oh, she has RSV. Oh, God. That does it for me. How'd she know? <laughs> the people of Alexandria, they hated Roman interference. So the king of Egypt had to balance the strong will of his people, who were naive in believing that Egypt could stand up to Rome, with the requirement that he constantly kiss Roman ass to make sure they didn't try and take over his country. It's a nice pyramid you got. Shame if some Roman guy came over here and just knocked them all over. Ah, uh, mafia joke. Yeah, Italy. Hell yeah. Yeah. I think they might have pissed off the mafia back then, because I think it said the pyramids were something like 15 feet taller then than they are today. Hmm. Just worn down by erosion, or the mafia stripping off all the gold. Right, or was it? There you go. Mm-hmm. Or the aliens needed the material resources that they had originally laid there, and they came back to get them. That's bullshit. Can't do that. Can't, there's no gimsies backsies with pyramids. <laughs> it, it is bullshit, you're right, because the aliens stayed and they formed uh, the New World Order government that we live under currently today so duh <laughs> i was just being tongue-in-cheek yeah all these these people these young kids now talking about how the vaccine microchips you so the government can track you i got that shit the old-fashioned way when the aliens abducted me in the 90s and shoved that probe up my ass and shoved you know a giant car cell phone up there just big antenna sticking into my man uterus just stabbing me all the time and then they had the audacity to drop me off at a truck stop, and I woke up next to a crack pipe and a strip of LSD. Fucking aliens are wild, man. <laughs> they are, man. They are. But I experienced that whole thing, so I know it's true. <laughs> That's what I told my wife, anyway. Oh, baby, it was aliens. <laughs> Why are you walking funny? Aliens, I'm telling you. Just. Why are you butt pregnant? <laughs> Alien technology. What do you want? New world order. What are you going to (laughs) do? Well, in 58 BCE, when Cleopatra was 11, her dad, Ptolemy... See, I said the P there like an idiot. P's silent, Greg. It's a silent P. It's the middle of the night, don't want to wake anybody up, so you pee on the side of the bowl, but it's dark in the bathroom, so you miss. You just get piss everywhere. And you wake up, and it's just... Well, I sit to pee. Oh, okay. And I aim to have that sound every time I pee. I don't, I don't want people knowing I have a tiny pee stream. <laughs> I want it to sound like a garden hose or a mouth. <laughs> yeah, I've talked about this before. Not a joke. That was a neurotic thought in my head growing up. It's like, I'm peeing and it's hitting the water. Is it loud enough? Was that say something about the size of my penis? Is everybody <laughs> judging me right now? <laughs> I know. I'm making fun of you. I think everybody <laughs> okay. thought that growing up. You just still think that. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Like, I bring a a cup of water with me while I'm peeing. I just... (laughs) (laughs) You got to be a good judge of it, though, because you don't want the water to completely pour out while you're still peeing, because it's like... 
Oh, shit. That was just the dribbles, but you still have like 10 seconds of peeing left. (laughs) You pee faker, I knew it. (laughs) You just immediately dump it, and the guy's next to you is like, are you okay? That shit ain't supposed to happen. That sounded like a big-ass splash. It's like hearing a woman pee. All I can think of, man, that's a fucking huge dick. (laughs) Chick's got a big old hog. (laughs) Jealous. You you hear that? You're how loud that is? (laughs) Shit. Anyway, back to the story. In 58 BCE, when Cleopatra was 11, her dad, Ptolemy Alitus, realized how hard it was to balance the Roman ass-kissing and, you know, pleasing the people of Alexandria. And, uh, he fucked it all up. Alright, get your, uh, your pads out of here, people. This might be a little hard to track, but I'm gonna do my best. See, Ptolemy Alitus, or Ptolemy the Twelfth, was an illegitimate son of Ptolemy the Ninth. So when Twelve's uncle, Ptolemy X, took the throne by murdering Ptolemy IX, he said that if he didn't produce any male heirs, Rome could have Egypt. Rome still put Ptolemy XII, a.k.a. Auletus, in charge, but a few of the senators still liked the idea of taking Egypt for themselves. These motherfuckers need to find a baby book, baby name book, get some Haydens and Bradens and, you know, Chris with a Y and six S's at the end or whatever. Agreed. What's the thing, like, somebody suggested early on they get a baby name book. Mm-hmm. They just got a baby book. It was uh, how to teach toddlers how to count to, you know, like 30 or whatever. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, yeah, baby book. They said you just go in here and look for names. And one, two, three. Just... <sighs> They're inbred. What do you expect? Okay. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I'm impressed they could count that high, honestly. Had to tear a page out of the book each time, so they just open it up. Okay. <laughs> Rome soon annexed Cyprus, which pissed the people of Egypt right the fuck off. They really liked Insane of the Membrane. They're like, you can't take that from us, you pieces of shit. (laughs) Oh, the classic Cypress Hill joke. Yes. You know, 14-year-olds, if you don't understand, just watch some classic episodes of The Simpsons. They show up there eventually, I guess. Or go listen to your classic hip-hop stations. Those are a thing, right? Probably. Yeah. Old oldies channel. Fast forward your VHS to the end of Mrs. Doubtfire. There you go. They're very confused right now. What the <laughs> fuck is this what guy? What are talking? these things? <laughs> it's a Robin Williams feature film. Who the fuck is that? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> he was an Aladdin. Oh, is that you? Mean Will Smith? No. God damn it! No. <laughs> Well, after Rome annexed Cyprus, a Roman general named Pompey began taking bribes from Auletus to defend Egypt from eastern attacks. And if you're sitting there saying, oh, Zeus Pompey, no, that's the name of the city. This dude's name is Pompey. Sorry, Chris. Yeah, idiots. I hate <laughs> getting stupid emails from stupid people. I do, too. Just send me fucking tits and penises. That's all <laughs> I care about. <laughs> Pictures. Pictures of tits and penises. Oh, Oh. (laughs) yeah. Getting too many questions from the FedEx guy. (laughs) Yeah. All right, sorry for that interjection. Go ahead, Chris. Of course, to pay for those bribes meant taxes would be increased, and fucking no one likes it when their taxes go up. The people of Egypt opposed Auletus, which meant he had to flee to Rome, taking young 11-year-old Cleopatra with him. It was then that her older sister, Berenice IV, 
jumped at the chance to take over the country. She sent a hundred ambassadors to Rome to protest Aletus and prevent his return from exile, but uh, somehow, I don't know, it's weird, but Aletus, you know, the guy who bribed everyone in Rome, he somehow convinced the Romans to turn a blind eye while he had all the ambassadors massacred in the streets of Rome. It's weird. I don't know how you got away with it. Kills all those people. Out there just murdering the ambassadors, gets put on trial. Like, we got this guy. We got DNA evidence. We got witnesses. Guy heard a noise outside. Looked out, and there he was. Blood on everything. But then, like, we found these gloves at the crime scene. Would you like to try them on? <laughs> and all that is like, yeah, fuck, let's do it. And take him our arthritis medication. Let's see what happens. Oh, they don't fit. That's doesn't it. Doesn't fit. Doesn't fit. Yep. He got away with it. Jonas Cochranitis <laughs> defends him in the streets, gets him off scot-free. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's that's part of it. The other part is uh, Marcus Ferminus. He, he said uh, he said the N word. So, <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. It, yeah. He kind of discounted the entire uh, LAPD investigation. LAP, like Los Angeles? That's not right. That's Latin right. Authority Police Department. <laughs> so. He yeah. got off, man. He walked. He did. He Everybody did. knows he, he fucking did it. Yeah. But. Here he is. Mm-hmm. Walking the streets to this very day. That's right. Where is he? In, well, in Rome at this time, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got it. It makes sense if you don't think about it. To this day like, in the timeline of the story that we're telling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, like most of this podcast, just don't think about it. Just just take it. Just take it in your ear holes. Just let it flow through your brain pan. Stop the gears. Just and then just let everything flow through them. Yes. Do not turn the gears, please. <laughs> you turn the gears, this podcast is going by the wayside. I already know. It. <laughs> You're like, oh, what is happening? Where am I? <laughs> what is How this did shit? I end up in this truck stop? <laughs> Three years ago, I started listening to Dan Carlin because I liked history podcasts, and here I am now. <laughs> Ruined my life. What am I doing? <laughs> Needle marks well, all over my arms. <laughs> pockmarked anus. <laughs> and I blame HPH. Fairly. <laughs> we can't, we have no defense. <laughs> Just contact our lawyers. They'll work out a settlement. They always do. The good old plural lawyers that we have. <laughs> well, in 55 BCE, Aletus and a Roman legion returned to Egypt. He murdered the shit out of his daughter Berenice and anyone else who had helped her and took the throne for himself. 13-year-old Cleopatra was now the next in line for the throne. In 51 BCE, Aletus died, surprisingly, of natural causes. Nobody, you know, tracked him down and killed him for all the murders he got away with. Or they were just really good at it. Ooh. Conspiracy. That's what we're going to talk about for the next hour. The Aletus Conspiracy. I just feel like he knew about those kids in that pizza parlor and ping pong basement. (laughs) You know, maybe he got what was coming. Which was him and his buddies illegally. Coming, that is. Rolling past that Prometheus pizza one day. (laughs) He sees a bunch of... Bunch of children being shoved into the cellar. He's like, I know what's happening. He got too close. He just got way too close. He got struck down, man. Yeah, you know, happens to the best of us. I mean them. But 
Yeah. Or us. Fuck. Which side are we on? Fuck. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know anymore. <laughs> We're on your side, listener. That's right. Whatever side that is. But that side, fully endorse it. Fully. Mm-hmm. Other side's evil. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna ruin everything. Well, with Alettis dead, that meant that 18-year-old Cleopatra was ready to rule. But she wouldn't be ruling alone. It turns out Daddy Alettis had thought the country would be best run by the brother-sister duo of Cleopatra and her 10-year-old brother, Ptolemy Thirteenth. Well, he figured those centuries of siblings murdering the ever-loving fuck out of each other in order to gain power wouldn't be a problem for his kids. So the two were soon wed. Mm-hmm. Oh, sweet. Yeah, sweet. And you know what, Greg? Hmm. They made it like two years before they tried to kill each other, which is, uh... It's more I can say about my own marriage, so... I think it was a success. Good job, guys. Good job. Got past their honeymoon, went straight into couples counseling. You know, they worked on it best they could. They actually had a couples counselor at the resort, so <laughs> last couple of days scheduled a couple sessions. Yeah, and the couples counselor's like, okay, give me your knives. Give me all the knives you have, the poison. I'm going to give you this foam Minecraft sword. If you get mad at somebody, you can just hit them with the Minecraft sword, and you'll realize that's not the proper way to express your anger. <laughs> It turns out it was a children's counselor, but we benefited a lot from it. <laughs> I mean, Ptolemy the 13th was 10, so he was like, oh, fuck yeah! Yeah! <laughs> I get the diamond sword, you bitch! Yeah! <laughs> Over the following couple of years, things were tense between the husband, brother, and sister wife. Cleopatra gained favor with the rural Egyptians by acknowledging and participating in their rituals but pissed off the Alexandrians by supporting Roman expeditions in Syria. Ptolemy did the exact opposite. During a drought, he took grain from the countryside and gave it to the starving city folk in Alexandria. Meanwhile in Rome, a civil war was breaking out between Auletta's old buddy General Pompey and some clown general named Julius Caesar. Who? Uh, his parents really liked the pizza. Like five bucks for a whole pizza. Can you believe that shit? Uh, Name our kid after that. It was real cute, though, when he was little, because he pulled down his pants. and He had that, you know, adorable little baby penis. He'd be like, penis, penis. Instead of pizza, pizza? Yes. Oh, that joke's going to fall <laughs> so flat. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for your fucking support, Greg. <laughs> Well, Pompey sent to Egypt for help, and Ptolemy Thirteenth and Cleopatra were eager to help out, so they gave him some ships and grains. It was their last act as co-rulers, because right after that, Cleopatra had to flee to Syria before her brother could have her killed. Well, it turns out the Egyptians had backed the wrong horse. Caesar defeated Pompey's army, forcing Pompey to flee to the friendly shores of Alexandria. One of Ptolemy's tutors said, Hey, bro, you should probably start kissing Caesar's ass now. And so, when Pompey stepped onto Egyptian soil, he was ambushed, stabbed, and beheaded. Right there on the coast. Yep. It's a beautiful little beheading. <laughs> yeah. Couple was getting married down the coastline, trying to do that stupid thing where they all jump in the air at the same time. 
somebody's fat cousin kept getting distracted by the guy screaming for help as he's being stabbed to death. <laughs> oh, you've got Pompey there thinking he's going to have a meeting. Yeah. He's been lured into this fucking meeting like, hell yeah. We're going to fuck Caesar up. <laughs> yeah. Just, wait, no! Ah! And they're all, dude, like, just ignore him. He's a, he's a hobo. <laughs> fat cousin's like, no, no, it's not. He, ah! Ah! Stop ruining our special moment. <laughs> Damn it, Becky. The photographer is only here for the hour. He can edit that out in Photoshop. Come on. <laughs> he can't edit your fat ass off the ground. Start jumping. <laughs> Well, Ptolemy had Pompey's head embalmed and gave it to Caesar when he arrived three days later. He's thinking, hey, look what I did for you, buddy. But uh, Caesar was just straight up horrified, like started crying at the sight of the... Crocodile tears. They were. I mean, mean, Pompey was technically his son-in-law, even though I think he was older than Caesar. It was weird, like he married one of his daughters. That shit doesn't matter. (laughs) I know. Look at what the Ptolemaic dynasty did. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but you know, he handed it to him. It's all gift wrapped and stuff. He unwraps it, and it's a it's a PlayStation Five box. He's like, oh, "Fuck yes, <laughs> yes, finally!" It's a stinky PlayStation, though. What the <laughs> shit? Cuts <laughs> it open, just pulls the head out. He's like, "What the fuck? What? Is, why? Why? Where's what? the PlayStation? <laughs> <laughs> I want to play one of those games that." Only exists for the PlayStation. Oh, wait, there isn't any. Never mind. I'm okay with this. It's fine. <laughs> well, six are impossible to find. <laughs> I don't know why. There's no games, but. Uh... Riots broke out in Alexandria over the Roman arrival. Caesar decided it would be best for the brother sister duo to put their differences aside and rule together once again. He sent word to Cleopatra, who had been busy building a mercenary army with the hopes of retaking the throne through force. But Ptolemy's army was keeping her from returning. And so she did what anyone would do. She snuck through a swamp, hid along the coastline of Alexandria until dark, and then hid inside a burlap sack and was carried to Caesar. Caesar, I know we couldn't get the PlayStation 5. (laughs) And they're super upset. And this is not a PlayStation 5. I just, I don't want to get your hopes up. It's the Xbox. It's the Xbox. No, no, no. no, But just here, just open it. It's a new graphics card. Graphics card. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) In a human sized burlap sack. (laughs) No, those are all impossible to find right now. Just be grateful, Caesar. Just open the damn bag. Oh, girl. Open this. He pulls down his pants. Penis, penis. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> oh, and Ptolemy walked in to greet Caesar. He saw Cleopatra and he was like, eh, What the fuck is she doing here? <laughs> fuck you, Caesar Trevor! <laughs> he then threw a little hissy fit, which included crying his little bitch eyes out, and stormed out of the palace. He even walked outside and threw his crown on the ground, like emphatically for all the people. <laughs> this is bullshit! <laughs> Go home and play that PlayStation 5 I bought. <laughs> I mean, there's no games for it. It's kind of a waste of time, but whatever. I'll just go play it anyway. <laughs> See if my buddy wants to play Minecraft. Once he fled, Caesar's men soon captured him and placed him under house arrest. It's believed that initially the relationship between 18-year-old Cleopatra and 52-year-old Julius Caesar was all business. 
Caesar needed her support to curry favor with the Egyptian people and hopefully quell the riots, and Cleopatra knew that if she wanted to rule, she needed the support of Rome. But at some point very shortly after Caesar's arrival in 48 BCE, the two began having a more intimate relationship. And just for the listener, I want to contextualize what intimate means. Because uh, you can have an intimate conversation, which is just more one-on-one, but Mm -hmm. what what this implies is that... uh, they uh, they had sexual relations. They were sexually attracted oh. to each other. Mm-hmm. He put his penis in her vagina repeatedly. Oh. <laughs> you know, oh. you take it out, you put it back in. Oh. You take it out. What do you do, Chris? Uh, you put it back in. Oh, I was going to say you apologize because it's <laughs> over. <laughs> but uh, And this is what this means by intimate. I just wanted to clarify oh. for the listener. Penis vagina. Oh, okay. Okay. Relationship. Yes. That's really if I if I had uh editorial control mm-hmm. over this book, yeah. I would have called this a penis vagina relationship. Gotcha. Chris, please proceed. Okay, thank you. Thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> well, by November of that year, Cleopatra was all ultra pregnant with Caesar's baby. That's right. They kissed sixty-nine times. I wonder if his lip was on the bottom or her lip was on the bottom, because that determines maybe the likelihood of a boy or a girl. Oh, yeah. That's true. Yeah. And uh, just to add to that, a little known fact, Roman historians like to describe Cleopatra as a seductress and a harlot who hypnotized strong men with her magic vagina. But in all likelihood, when she met Caesar, Cleopatra was still a virgin considering her quote-unquote husband, was a prepubescent 13-year-old that still thought the girls gave you cooties. And before any of you fucking 13-year-old listeners out there send us emails, puberty times were different back then, okay? (laughs) I don't need to know that you got two hairs on your fucking nuts, all right? It was different then. Yeah. You have all this processed food and these beef hormones and stuff like that. Yeah. Now you got three-year-olds with tits. Well, they're on the pageant cir- circuit, man. You gotta, you gotta get the surgery if you wanna win the, the prizes. They're all just on the hunt as bait to find out who really killed John Bonet. <laughs> it's not they're even three year olds. They're, they're actually all grown just small in a people. Lab. <laughs> no, they're grown in a lab, so they're not really human. Oh, okay, that makes it okay. That makes it better. <laughs> yeah, they don't have souls. Exactly. It wasn't consensual. Kissing between a man and a woman for 69 times. They were grown in a lab, so they're not really people. Yeah, that's true. They're all just bait out there to catch that mouse. They did those horrible things back in 1997. Anyway, continue. That makes sense to me, Greg. Good. Makes sense to me. Good. Well, throughout that winter of 48 BCE, Caesar attempted to mitigate the feud between Ptolemy and Cleopatra, saying that their father wanted them to rule together. He even gave Cyprus back to the Egyptians. But behind the scenes, Ptolemy's tutors and advisors were plotting to assassinate Caesar and Cleopatra. They were caught talking about it at a barbershop, and that's not a joke, and they are all executed. Well, one of Ptolemy's tutors wasn't actually killed. He was out in the desert with 
Ptolemy's army, and he was marching it back to Alexandria. Joining that army was Cleopatra's little sister, Arsinoe, who declared herself queen. Caesar's army was outnumbered five to one, and the palace was placed under siege. The Alexandrians burned Roman ships and attempted to blockade the harbor, and tried to drain the water from the wells that were dug within the palace walls. Hoping to end the siege, Caesar agreed to release Ptolemy, who once again cried like a little bitch, and said he loved Caesar and he didn't want to leave. But if he had to, he swore he wouldn't betray Caesar. Yes, they bonded. Just got to know each other. But of course, once he was released, he immediately betrayed Caesar. No! And he joined up with his sister Arsinoe and the army. Little shithead. Little shithead. You give him the tablet, you let him watch YouTube, while you fuck his sister wife, and this is how he repays (laughs) you. But in March of 47, the Romans arrived with backup, and it was time for Caesar to fuck shit up. He broke the siege and met Arsinoe and Ptolemy in battle west of the Nile River. The Romans won that battle easily. Arsinoe was captured. Ptolemy was killed in the battle, possibly when one of his boats capsized, and he drowned in his heavy golden armor. Hilarious. Yeah. Stupid. What an idiot. Just out there swinging his stupid foam Minecraft sword. Counselor (laughs) wouldn't give him back his real one. The war was over. Cleopatra was placed on the throne alongside her 12-year-old brother, Ptolemy XIV. Caesar had stabilized the country and was free to return to Rome, but he stuck around until mid-June. In Cleopatra, he had met his equal. She had raised an army to win a civil war. She controlled currency and trade. She was pragmatic and cool-headed. She knew how to appeal to her people politically, and she wasn't afraid to have those who opposed her stabbed or poisoned. Just got him all hot and bothered when he heard that one. Ooh, baby. Let's kill a hobo together. <laughs> yeah, and just for context, um, you know, he was free to leave Caesar after he had effed S up, as Chris mm-hmm. so eloquently put it, mm-hmm. and stayed till mid-June, but um, this ended up being like three or four months. So that's a long time. Yeah. everything's done, and you're just kind of sticking around that long, maybe a little something-something going on. Mm-hmm. 69 kisses. I don't know. <laughs> well, you don't want twins. You can't do another 69 kisses, Greg. Come on. You don't want twin babies. Yeah, you don't want to do 138 kisses. Nah, you just get tired. I can only do that, like, once every six months or so. I usually nut after nine kisses, honestly. <laughs> like, this is the weirdest date I've ever had. He just pecked me on the cheek nine times. Made this weird face and then ran away. <laughs> Told me to get out of his car. I was home. He seemed very disinterested all of a sudden. He said he'd call me tomorrow. It's tomorrow and he hasn't called. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but I think I may be late for my period. I don't know what's happening. Which is really weird because my name's Russell. <laughs> I feel like something's going on internally. <laughs> Mom, Dad, I'm having a baby. That's great, Russell. Who's the lucky lady? (laughs) Well, (laughs) me. (laughs) I'm sorry, son. Yeah, I 
a man kissed me. He only nine kisses, but I just they were. Potent. I know it. Can't aren't I glowing, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> You're not my son. <laughs> What's he do for a living? Well, he hosts a pod. Get the fuck out of my house! <laughs> well, Cleopatra and Caesar spent every waking moment together until June 10th, when Caesar returned to Rome to put down an Arminian uprising. Just 13 days later, Cleopatra gave birth to their son, Caesarian. I guess they just cut it out of her, right? Dad, and I want you to know, I don't have the uh, parts equipped to give a natural birth, so I will be having a cesarean section. <laughs> I thought I told you to get out! <laughs> well, maybe if you just listen to an episode... Alright, well, let's just play the first five minutes. What the fuck is wrong with you, boy? <laughs> In 47 BCE, Cleopatra was basically the sole ruler of Egypt, with her co-ruling brother, Ptolemy XIV, he was still playing with Ninja Turtle action figures while she did all the work. She dispensed justice, commanded the army and navy, regulated the economy by setting prices of materials and supervising the planting and harvesting schedules, and as a result of that, she controlled the food supply. She began comparing herself to the Egyptian goddess Isis, and she had coins struck depicting herself as said goddess. And because she controlled everything about Egypt... She was by far the richest person in the world. Things were going so well in Egypt that Cleopatra decided to sail to Rome to see her boo in early 46. The trip was a long one in which the ship would stay close to the shoreline and she would go ashore to make camp or stay in a city every night. 46 doesn't exist, Chris. No? No, it's 45 times 2. <laughs> Not my before common area year. <laughs> oh yeah, we're not we're not doing politics. Sorry, continue. <laughs> I keep forgetting. Well villagers would get word the ship was coming and would shower Cleopatra, the richest woman in the world, with gifts upon her arrival. This is the kind of bullshit that happens. You know, celebrities show up at restaurants to get their meals for free. You know, it's just horseshit. They're making millions and millions yeah. of dollars. Best way to stay rich is to get rich. Right? And my broke ass is like, can I have a cup of water? I'm like, please, sir. Please. If you want water, you're going to have to put on some pants. <laughs> oh, I didn't know I was at the Ritz-Carlton. I thought this no, was a 7-Eleven. the state says it's illegal for you to not give me water, so just give it to me. Pants are long gone. <laughs> Fine, sir, just leave. Here's your tiny plastic cup. <laughs> Will you please move? You're not even in a vehicle. There's people behind you in the drive-thru waiting. So what's your deal? You want to you wanna have 69 kisses later? <laughs> Just rubbing your nipples. <laughs> Sir, move. <laughs> These Mexican pizzas are getting cold. <laughs> Mexican pizzas. I forgot those are a thing. I don't think they are anymore. They don't exist anymore? Yeah, that's why I'm bringing them up. I want to raise awareness. Taco Bell needs the American version of a Mexican pizza. It's <laughs> totally a thing. It is very confusing. <laughs> Americanized Mexican Italian dish. I confused myself saying 
<laughs> well, after about a month of sailing, Cleopatra arrived in Rome and was housed in Caesar's villa on the river Tiber. Caesar still lived in the center of the city with his wife Calpurnia, and so Cleopatra kept a low profile and mostly hung out in the villa. The two would still spend time together when they could, and Caesar finally got to meet his son Caesarion, who he fully accepted as his own. And, uh, I, you know, let's take a break there because everything's going great. I feel like, you know, we've, we've really hit a nice peak in this story and you're just going to take us higher in the next, next part. Like it's going to be just get so good for Caesar and Cleopatra. Yeah. It's next peak. Yeah. We just go higher and higher. Yes. Just like my favorite Creed song with arms wide open. I, I, I know. I'm just <laughs> staring at you because I'm disappointed. <laughs> you can't have a favorite Creed song. It's impossible. They're all good. <laughs> you know, the listeners that didn't punch out for the stupid bit as soon as they heard that all the Creed songs were good, they're like, okay, no. This fucking oh, podcast. I can't do it. I can't pretend nope. anymore. <laughs> no, I can't. Oh, it was okay. I, I thought I could get back on that wagon, you know, but nope. I, I know this guy are- just started working at the truck stop with us, and we told him we'd listen to it, but I, <laughs> no. I just can't go any further. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to have to pretend like I listened to the whole thing, just for him. Yeah. He's going to ask me something about the second half of it, about Greg's part. Well, I, it was good. I, yeah, I'll probably listen again. It's very regular. Oh, yeah. You didn't listen. <laughs> you didn't listen at all. All right. Let's, uh, let's take a break, Greg. What do you say? Yes. Yay! All right, we are back from break. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I know I enjoyed mine. I had a little bit of whiskey. Polished off a beer, if you will. But, uh, you know, I just can't wait to drink what we're about to drink. It makes me feel like a real man. But uh, before I get to that, Greg, how was your break? Sounds very similar. Had some whiskey. Mm Mm-hmm. Some flaming hot Cheetos. Oh. Because I am a man of fine taste. Yes, and also flaming hot. (laughs) <laughs> but I, uh, I'm with you, man. I can't wait. Yeah. To get into our next segment that ends 10 seconds after it begins, Chris. Second half seltzer. Second half seltzer. Second half seltzer. Second half seltzer. All right. And a three, a two, a one. Ah, oh, now I feel like a real man. <laughs> Put some hair on your chest, that yeah. seltzer. <laughs> Tangy, lemony, limey. That's what that one's called. Dad's like, all right, son, you can come back home. <laughs> yeah. Sorry for what I said in the last half. I see now that you, you are a real man that I grew up <laughs> idolizing and wanting you to be. Back in my 1950s mind. You walk in there with a... Half-drank can of seltzer and a specially designed koozie. You know, it's got the the fancy design on the outside. And he's like, it's like I'm looking at the goddamn marble man right now. John Wayne just walked in my house. There he is. (laughs) Well, Gregory, let's not dawdle. Let's get into the second half of this story. What do you say? I can't wait, man. Let's do it. Let's do it. 
In 46 BCE, Rome was kind of a shithole, especially compared to Alexandria. It was the most populated city in the world, but it was a maze of streets. As our main source put it, quote, It was still the kind of place where a stray dog might deposit a human hand under the breakfast table, where a wild ox could burst into the dining room. As displacements went, this was akin to sailing from the court of Versailles to 18th century Philadelphia, end quote. Or like going from your palatial estate to my efficiency apartment. You know, you came in over that one time, you opened the door, there was a stray dog eating half of a rotisserie chicken that had been discarded, and you're like, no, I'm not fucking staying here. This place is a dump. <laughs> but really, this is honestly like a, I mean, part of this is modern day, like like going from literally anywhere in Texas mm -hmm. to Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Fuck the Eagles. Go Cowboys. <laughs> During his stay in Alexandria, Caesar had seen a few things that he wanted to implement in Rome. He built a library meant to rival the legendary one in Alexandria. He began to take official censuses. He had a canal built to drain water away from marshes and into farmland. And since no one ever knew what fucking day it was or even what time it was, he established the 24-hour day and went to work on fixing the calendar. But on this front, he went a little overboard and the year 46 was comprised of 455 days. Caesar had a golden statue of Cleopatra built in a temple of Venus in Rome, but the people were slow to accept her and she had problems fitting in. Venus? Cleopatra. Oh, that makes more sense. Yeah, I, was like, yeah. I was like, I love her racers. Like, that's the only thing I really <laughs> trust around my taint. I'm like, but, uh, like, they, why wouldn't you accept her? She's so comfortable, you know, just kind of lubes it up as it shaved. But whatever, I get it now. Cleopatra, that makes more sense. Thank you. I tried uh, Manscaped. Yeah. Manscaped.com slash 100proof history. But, <laughs> man, the Venus, the triple razor. Mm hmm. The pretty color, it's just better on my fine hair. I could imagine if you have a real coarse, manly testosterone hair, mm -hmm. maybe a different product is better, but for me, mm -hmm. Venus all day. <laughs> Venus.com slash HPH. <laughs> also, neither one of those is a thing. But <laughs> No, don't go. <laughs> Yet. Yet. But I bet we get Venus before we get... Manscaped. <laughs> After that scathing review. <laughs> There's only one brand I trust my taint to, and that's Venus. I'm like a Russian man. Yeah? I expect uh, the people that I'm with to be clean-shaven, and I will not touch mine. Not even with a pair of fucking safety scissors. <laughs> it's a little bit of a double standard, but I understand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's how Russian guys are. I've never been with a Russian guy, so I wouldn't know, Greg. You've never seen a Russian couple? It's always like this like skinny, real fit, blonde woman, mm. and then just fat as fuck, out of shape, Russian dude. Oh, so it's... That's what happens when you cull basically their entire male population in a couple wars. And you model your entire uh, society after 80 sitcoms, apparently. It's literally how it is. <laughs> Name one good-looking Russian guy. Uh, Dolph Lundgren, Ivan Drago in Rocky IV. He's a German. Oh, no! no! Point proven. <laughs> but seriously, though, Vladimir Putin, don't kill me, Putin. You're handsome. You're, you're a beautiful man. 
I think you're ugly and you're a shitty leader. Oh, sweet. Now I get the podcast to myself. <laughs> 50 proof history. Here we come. <laughs> Until my wife divorces me. <laughs> well, in Egypt, women had a lot of rights. But in Rome, they were expected to shut up, do what their husband said, and avoid eye contact with men in the marketplace. She basically became a hermit inside the villa, and if she did leave, she did so incognito as to not cause any fuss. That's what I do when I look at porn. Incognito? Yeah, switching incognito so it doesn't cause any fuss, because my wife sees my search history in incognito. Oh, fuck. It's over. It's done. But uh, she can't see it. If my Burger King manager realizes that I've hacked the POS system to actually be able to go to websites and he discovers what I've gone to. <laughs> lawsuits, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> FBI lawsuits. <laughs> FBI lawsuits. <laughs> Not much is known about how Cleopatra spent the year 45. She may have left for Alexandria in the spring, but she was back by the fall. It was around this time that she pissed off a well-known and respected political speaker named Cicero. Apparently, she had promised to bring him a book or manuscript from her library in Alexandria, but she forgot to do so. This tiny, insignificant slight put Cicero on the warpath, and he began to incessantly slander both Caesar and Cleopatra. Listener, just so you know, you really shouldn't judge Cicero too harshly for this because it's kind of the same thing the main host does. Oh, man, you should see, like, if I forget to finish an outline or, you know, I don't get something done on time, like, he won't speak to me, like, outside of the show. He has wolf dicks send me these text-to-speech things about how much he hates me. He has Dan come over and kick me in the crotch and just shout hunterproof history in my face over and over again until I get the shit done. And then he's acting like nothing ever happened and everything's good. Just, yeah. Back to real life. All right, I'm going to finish this up. All right, I'm back. What I miss? <laughs> Nothing. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I, uh, I was just talking to uh, my wife as well. Uh huh. She's still speaking to me, like you, you're well aware of. Um, yes. Uh, and I, I was just telling her how awesome you are, how great you are, and uh, oh. how, how much <laughs> I enjoy doing the show with you. And, oh. uh, Thank and you. how how I hate disappointing you and letting you down because I know your heart is fully into this and you love it so much. Thank you. Yeah. I hope one day to be able to mutually say that. <laughs> ha- have that same feeling. So thank you. One day. <laughs> we'll Baby see. Steps. We'll see. Caesar, he didn't do much to help his own cause. In February of 44, he was named dictator for life and he placed himself upon a throne made of gold and ivory. God, I'm jealous. (laughs) Strangely, it was the Senate who suggested he aggrandize himself and then clutch their own pearls when he did just that and accused him of attempting to become a king, which was basically a swear word in the year 44. Right. And just in case it's not clear, Mm -hmm. or you're like seven, these years are getting smaller but it's because they're BCE. Oh. So, like, the, the smaller years are actually the, the newer ones. So, uh, you just blew their minds. They, they can't even concentrate. They're like, what the fuck is this? That movie Memento? It's going backwards? <laughs> how am I, I going to world build this when I can't even visualize it? Oh, I'm going to watch this twice and then be done with it because it, now it all makes sense and it's, you realize it's not that compelling of a narrative. But when it was backwards, oh, okay, all right. 
All right, no more memento jokes. Because John G. raped and murdered my wife. So I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> On March 15th, as Caesar arrived to give a speech to the Senate, he was surrounded by senators and stabbed 27 times, killing him to death. That's probably going to be a spoiler for a future episode. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because, you know, not everybody knows that Caesar was assassinated, or even <laughs> that he's dead. So, or even that they named a salad after him. Or a low-chain pizza restaurant. A <laughs> uh, little-known fact, Greg, the Caesar salad's actually named after a Mexican guy named Caesar. Not Julius Caesar. And Little Caesars, the pizza joint, is named after what he did when he pulled down his pants and talked about his penis. People don't know these things. That's why they come to Hunter Proof History. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. One of those facts is true, but I'm not going to tell you which one. Unless you subscribe to the Patreon. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then we'll ignore you. Because we got you, baby. We <laughs> yeah, got you. Stupid idiots. Suck our claws in. <laughs> Caesar's adopted son, Gaius Octavian, had been named his successor, but his actual son, Caesarian, was still in Rome, and both he and his mother, Cleopatra, were in danger of assassination. She knew they were at risk, and so they snuck out of the city in the middle of the night and sailed back home. When she got home, she was wearing the same stuff when she left. They noticed. Everybody's like, oh, walk shame from Cleopatra! <laughs> Guys, it's been like two years. Oh, my God. Look at you. What's that you got there? Oh, a baby. <laughs> Big walk of shame. <laughs> it's not even like I know the Walgreens is just sold out of Plan B. There's an actual flesh baby that you have to show me. It's like my wife's walk of shame. I was making fun of her so much. She showed up for that baby. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> I got you so hard, wife, you dummy. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean I have to pay for it? What do you mean? No. It's very obviously not mine. I stopped kissing you at 67 just to be safe. Just to be safe. <laughs> oh, you took a plan B when you cheated. Yeah, okay. Well, it's plan B, plan black, because it worked. <laughs> When Cleopatra got home, she was still in danger. Her sister Arsinoe had been exiled from Rome and was claiming she was the true queen of Egypt. Some rando dude had shown up pretending to be the dead Ptolemy Thirteen, and Ptolemy Fourteen had an actual claim to half the country. So Cleopatra went to work. First, she poisoned 15-year-old Ptolemy Fourteen and named 3-year-old Caesarion as her co-regent. Her other two siblings then, well, probably for fear of their own lives, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, oh, just, April fools. I don't know. Please don't kill me. In Rome, civil war once again had broken out. On one side was a dude named Cassius who had led the party of Caesar's assassins with his buddy Brutus. Going up against them was a dude named Dalabella, who was backed by Octavian and General Mark Antony. Dalla Dalabella, y'all. Dalla Bills. I'm so disappointed in you. 
<laughs> Cleopatra hesitated to back anyone, but eventually she settled on Dolabella, who was immediately trounced by Cassius, a.k.a. Muhammad Ali, by the way. Oh, Cassius Clay. <laughs> I was going to say the inventor of the digital watch. I had one of those when I was a kid. <laughs> then one of her generals took it upon himself to back Cassius, who promptly got his shit pushed in by Mark Antony, the R&B singer that was married to uh, Jennifer Lopez for a while. Oh, that's right. I forgot the guy even existed. That's crazy. It's Mark Anthony, I believe. <laughs> I don't know. By the year 42 BCE, the war was over and the Roman Empire was divided between Octavian, Antony, and a dude named Lepidus, who was pretty much immediately pushed out of the picture. The eastern half was given to Antony, which meant Cleopatra would have to answer to him as to why she had seemingly hesitated to support their cause and then had given support to Cassius. Luckily for her, Mark Antony was a chill dude who loved to fight, buck, and party. My mate. It's my kind of dude right there. Yeah. I wish I was like that, but, you know, I'm not. But I like dudes like that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Dudes who drink seltzer like a man. That's what he did. Oh, your dad hates you too? Hell yeah, I think we're going to get along. Mark Anthony pops him for the seltzer. He's like, you know what? There ain't no laws with white claws. You're like, <gasps> <laughs> I love him so much. I've never heard that. It's so stupid. <laughs> Antony was so beloved by Caesar that he had been considered as a target of assassination in 44, but once he stood up to give a speech to the Senate while hungover and you know, wound up burping and puking all over the Senate floor, everyone figured he wasn't much of a threat. Who hasn't been there, right? Well, except for the you actually become a threat, you know. Yeah. He actually was, you're right, he actually was a threat. I was only deemed a security threat when I did this at work. And I just, you know, middle of a presentation, I'm like, you know, as we can see, we've had a lot of good And I threw up, and, you know, out comes the dildo, of course, that I'd swallowed the night before. And I start picking it up and waving around. Everybody thinks it's like a weapon or something. I'm like, no, I'm just trying to clean it off, getting shaking it. You know? It's still but, good. Yeah. When I start... Yeah, I'm not intending to chase people around the room. It's just happening as they're moving away from me, and I'm shaking it. If that's how it appears to them that I'm threatening them with this dildo that I just vomit. This is the stupidest fucking thing I've ever said in my life. <laughs> it's pretty dumb. <laughs> Look, I don't know how I could be at a security risk when I'm just in a business meeting. I'm giving a proposal... I start puking and shitting myself, mm-hmm. and I'm in the fetal position with a gun in my mouth. <laughs> I didn't touch anyone. I didn't point the gun at anyone. I'm just sitting there crying. I'm having my moment. Okay? Okay? <laughs> this is why nobody wanted to come back to work. Is that you know? so wrong? I could do this at home all the time. You just wouldn't see me on the Zoom camera. But now I'm back. It allows for these little priceless moments, these <laughs> cathartic therapeutic moments right. to happen outside of the purview of stupid supervision that doesn't know what the fuck they're doing, okay? Yeah. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I've been doing this exact same thing since I was six years old. 
This is this is part of my routine. Kindergarten teacher said I colored outside the line. I just immediately went to my mat. Says nap time for daddy. Put the mouth gun in my mouth. You know, just cathartic experience. It just calms me. It soothes my soul. It was a squirt gun, so once I got thirsty during my nappy, I could just kind of pull the trigger a few times and go back to sleep. Maybe wet myself, which I guess is a habit I I never really broke. But anyway, regardless. Yes. It's fine. I'm fine. (laughs) Oh, no, this train has fallen off the tracks. What has happened here? Let me just put you back on here, train. Back to the story. Getting back on the train tracks. Mm -hmm. Cicero had talked so much shit about Antony that once the Civil War was won, Antony had Cicero ambushed and beheaded. Cleopatra knew how to play to this image, so she covered herself in jewels and fine linens and climbed onto a gorgeous ship with silver oars and sailed to meet Antony at his headquarters in Tarsos in modern-day Turkey. She then invited him and his entourage to a dinner where almost everything was encrusted with gems and the furniture was extra fancy. Like it had cushions and shit. You know what I mean? Of all these four seasons, Wolf Dick. This lady with her cushions. I built all my furniture out of milk crates and dog corpses. (laughs) This lady living in a lap of luxury. Mm Mm-hmm. The next day, she invited him back, and the floor was covered knee-deep in roses. And at each of these parties, she told the guests and Anthony to take anything and everything they liked. So they left carrying jewels and couches, and everyone was given an Ethiopian slave. Anthony reciprocated her invite, but his parties were much less glamorous, which allowed him to joke about himself, and that amused Cleopatra. It's not clear if it was love at first sight. They got along really well, and they started fucking pretty much immediately. But there were business considerations in play as well. Antony wanted to launch a military expedition to the east to attack the Parthenians. Cleopatra wanted to grow her empire and, as always, needed the support of Rome. To that end, Antony immediately had Cleopatra's dickhead sister, Arsinoe, killed. The couple soon parted ways, but that winter... Antony sailed to Alexandria to be with Cleopatra. The two of them spent that winter and spring together and had an absolute blast. They went fishing and hunting. They went on excursions down the Nile River. Cleopatra loved Antony because he loved to party and have a good time, and he was a funny dude who'd pull pranks on people. But in the spring, Antony was off to fight the Parthenians in Syria. Soon thereafter, his actual wife Fulvia died presumably of a bad name, and he returned to Mome, <laughs> and he returned to Rome, where he married Octavian's sister, Octavia, hoping to solidify the empire. So stupid. They should name them something different, because, like, you name kids like that, you never know which one you're yelling at. Like, Octavian, Octavia, God, whichever one you is, get in here. <laughs> which one of you pissed on my rug? Don't you say Daddy did it again when he was drunk and couldn't find the bathroom. I'm not going to hear it. I'm not going to hear it. You go get Daddy a seltzer like a real man. (laughs) Well, little known fact, Mark Antony's pranksmanship rubbed off on Cleopatra, and the two of them would often dress as beggars and go annoy people by going door-to-door in the middle of the night. You can't do shit about it. Just so fucking annoying. (laughs) 
She's the fucking queen. Who the fuck's at my doors? Another fucking salesman. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Ignore my boner. Anthony was also <laughs> bad at fishing, and at one point, Cleopatra pranked him by tricking him into catching a salted herring that she had imported from the Black Sea. How does that even work? I don't know. Like, I guess she just threw it in the Because they fished with nets back then. It wasn't a fishing pole. So I guess she just, like, tossed it in the water and said, Hey, throw your net over there. <laughs> Look at that work. sideways fish that seems like it's floating. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so funny. Got you, Mark Antony. <laughs> He's like, oh, fucking lady comedians. Oh, the standard's so much lower. <laughs> He's just playing along. Oh, you got me. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> yeah. How about a blowy? <laughs> no, 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 not you. Your male servant over there. <laughs> well, it turns out that Antony had gotten Cleopatra pregnant, and she gave birth around the same time that Antony was marrying Octavia. Octavia could not give Antony a son. So in 37, Antony ditched her and headed west to fight the Parthenians. He asked Cleopatra to join him, and he never saw his actual wife again. Antony quickly made gains in the west and gave his lover the territory which stretches from modern-day Libya all the way to Turkey. To celebrate, Cleopatra decided it was the birth of a new Ptolemaic dynasty and declared it to be year one all over again. Which, uh... We already kind of spelled out the whole counting down of the BCE, but uh, just in case you're really dense, they weren't seeing the years count down. (laughs) Yeah, they don't. Yeah, fuck. What happens at zero? We're all gonna fucking die, bro. (laughs) Some Roman, some Roman emperor's like, you're saying some baby's gonna be born, and we're not gonna keep counting the years for like 33 years, and then we're gonna start over at zero again. And he's going to be like a savior, but more powerful than me, the emperor of Rome. None of this shit really makes sense to me. We're going to back it up. And the kid on his bicycle is like, I got a hundred houses to hit today, bud. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to see my special underwear or should I just move on? (laughs) Get out of here, Mormon boy. But (laughs) yes to your question first. (laughs) Show him and leave. Got any Polaroids? Them underwears? That baby that hadn't been born yet that's going to reset the calendar and is then somehow going to show up in, in your land that is not connected to our land right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blah, 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 that. <laughs> show me the undies, boy. <laughs> what did you say last week? Let me see them panties, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. I'd like to say goodbye to all of our new listeners, and uh, to all of our regular listeners. Eh, yeah, you knew what this was. Yeah, you're in this with us. You old like son of a bitch. Everyone who's been excommunicated from the Mormon Church, you guys are loving this shit. <laughs> Here, pull up a chair, have a coke. <laughs> Well, Cleopatra stayed with Antony for the following year and was impregnated again, and they possibly were married, although it's not clear if that actually happened. Then Antony marched on to face the Parthenians for real. His war with the Parthenians went fucking terribly. He was betrayed by allies, he was overconfident, 
and he had lost over 20,000 men just trying to retreat. Cleopatra rushed to his aid and brought money and food to save the army, which retreated back to the west. Once again, Antony decided to stay in Alexandria with Cleopatra. Get some of that bomb-ass pee, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Pee yeah, I totally know. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bags of yeah. sand. Yeah. 69 <laughs> kisses. Here we go. It's happening. But while he was there licking his wounds, he decided to put together a celebration of Cleopatra, declaring her the goddess Isis and declaring her four children the descendants of God. It was an elaborate and expensive ceremony, and the people in Rome fucking hated it and decided that Cleopatra and Antony were power-hungry despots. Over the next four years, Octavian would use this to his advantage to try and seize control of the entire Roman Empire. The main weapon implemented by Octavian was propaganda. He accused Cleopatra of being a witch who had used sex magic to turn Antony against Rome. Yeah. That's what I, I accused my wife of doing, too, when she took my previous best friend. My, the, You know, I, I did a podcast before this. Um, oh. Yeah. It wasn't very successful. It was about the history of boats. That's why I'm a nautical expert. Um, uh-huh. But she used her pelvic sorcery to steal him away from me. And it just hadn't been the same since. So I understand. I, I, mm. I get it. I get what Octavian's saying. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I can assure you, nothing like that is 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 going on with yeah. with me, your friend. I, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that, Chris. Okay, <laughs> you know, uh, Antony called Octavian a weakling who had only been chosen by Caesar because the two had already fucked each other. Not that anything like that. Is going on between me and your wife. No fucking or anything, okay? Uh, you and Wolf Dick are always having like these side conversations about stuff. I, I can't hear it, but you're laughing and you look at me and you're like, shh, 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 he's here. He's here. He doesn't even know. He doesn't even know. Like, I just assumed, just assumed it was about the show and I'm going to keep. Living in that fantasy world, so you don't uh, destroy my soul. Like, yes, good other. idea. Yes, good idea. <laughs> well, Octavian had the upper hand since he was actually in Rome and could control the Senate. Eventually, Octavian convinced them to denounce Antony and to declare war on Cleopatra. In 31, the two sides went to war. But there was no way that Egypt was going to be able to hold up against the Romans. The two met at Actium in Greece. The Romans had the Egyptians blockaded, and both sides knew that Antony and Cleopatra had no real chance of winning a naval war. To escape, Antony and Cleopatra sacrificed and abandoned the majority of their troops and fled back to Alexandria. Dick move. Like, I bet you they gave this big speech getting them all hyped up for the battle. Listen, we're outnumbered. They've been sailing the seas since you guys were diapers. We got this. You know why? Because we're the real fucking Romans and Egyptians. But we got this. We're going to go out there. <laughs> clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Those guys are getting stabbed to death on the boats. He's like, 
Fucking see you, idiots. <laughs> <laughs> when you charge forward, and the sun's in your eye, and you see that fierce, large battalion coming towards you, and you turn around and, and you look at your leadership, and you see him fleeing, they're not fleeing. What's really going to show you that? The banner's going to drop right at that moment. <laughs> Mission, Mission accomplished. accomplished. We're just going to fight another battle because we realize, like, oh, they can handle it. They no longer need leadership. That's how good they are. These men got this wrapped up. And we'll see you next time. Or another time. Listen, I know it's been 18 years at war. And, uh, yeah, not a lot's changed. But I think mission accomplished. Hang the banner. We'll see you guys later. We're going to abandon this whole thing in the middle of the night. What do you say? What do you say? What do you say? It's fine. You men go out there and you change hearts and minds. Mm-hmm. And we'll see you soon. <laughs> we'll see Wait. you at the uh, Kobe Teeth concert. <laughs> Wait, can you say you're the goddess of Isis? Oh, fuck, they found me out. <laughs> <laughs> I just found a videotape. Just beheading a bunch of dudes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit! She is Isis. <laughs> It's like the Egyptian version of that show Homeland. Oh my god, he's a terrorist. <laughs> Once back in Alexandria, Cleopatra went on an instant killing spree, hoping to take out anyone who opposed her politically. Antony returned to Syria and began attempting to rebuild his army. Both knew it was pretty much hopeless, and any day Octavian would arrive and kick their teeth in. Their friends and allies realized this too, and one by one, they defected to Octavian's side. By August 1st of the year 30, Antony had no army left. Cleopatra ditched him and locked herself in a mausoleum with a ton of silver and gold. Silver and gold. Silver and gold. <laughs> old Cornelius at it again. Good old Cornelius. I do like how she just like strip ditched his ass. Like, oh, the end's here. Fuck you, party boy. I'm going to live with my money. Peace. Well, her whole thing was she was going to, like, burn it all with her and, like, yeah. destroy it all. And that's why Octavian was kind of, like, hesitant to do anything. Like, oh, no, 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 no. I want the treasure. I want the treasure. Cleopatra had sent word to Antony that she had killed herself. Antony took his sword and stabbed himself in the side between his ribs. Not really fucking hitting anything except his stomach, <laughs> yeah. ensuring he'd die a very slow and painful death. My favorite part of that was he had a servant, and the servant was supposed to kill him. Yeah. The servant like, does like <laughs> this freak-out panic mode and kills himself. He's like, oh, well, I can't. That, he had trained the servant to do it. Yeah. It was like a soldier, and he was like, all right, man, when the time comes, I'm going to ask you to kill me, and you need to do it. The guy's like, yes. I got yes, it. I will. He's like, hey, it's that time. And the dude unsheaths his sword, turns around, and then just stabs himself in the heart. Like, God damn it! In one fucking job! Anthony saw it, he's like, well, fuck, I haven't trained how to do this. What I don't do, know what how I to do, do Well, I guess I just push it here. Ow! Ow! I'm not dying! What the fuck? Ow! <laughs> It's like digging a splinter out of your own skin. You like stab it just like, ah! 
someone else needs to do this. I can't do it. It hurts me too much. I can't hurt myself like Yes. <laughs> but, you know, times a billion. With a sword through the ribs. But, yeah. Basically the same. Same thing. thing. I'm trying to make it relatable for the listener, Craig. <laughs> well, he soon, he soon learned that Cleopatra was still alive and asked to be taken to her. He was hoisted up the wall through a second floor window into that mausoleum and was laid on a couch. Cleopatra lost her shit and began to scream and tear at her clothes at the sight of her dying lover. He just died in her arms. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking the same thing. There you go. The Romans demanded Cleopatra's surrender, but she refused and threatened to burn down the mausoleum, which would destroy the Egyptian money the Romans needed so very badly. Instead, they just climbed through the same window that Mark Antony had been brought through, and they arrested her. Just don't protect that window. Fuck that shit. Like, <laughs> you can't get me, idiots. And I was, oh, what's this blood trail leading up the wall and this rope they left here? <laughs> hmm. I will investigate further. <laughs> On August 9th, while she was under house arrest and awaiting transport to Rome, Cleopatra sent a letter to Octavian. By the time he read it and realized what it said, it was too late. Cleopatra had killed herself. The legend claims that a servant had smuggled a poisonous asp to Cleopatra, which she coaxed into biting her, but it is far more likely that she poisoned herself. A small snake, just, it's not going to kill you and your two servants who also died. Yeah, and you have to coax it into biting you, and you have to die fast before Octavian can read the letter that said, And your two servants. Raped and killed my wife. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't even contain the venom that would be able to do that. Yeah. And like a cobra, there's no way it's just going to be chilling in that bag of figs that, you know, it, it was supposedly delivered in. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Those things it, get fucking pissed. Right. Figs. So who knows? Yeah. God hates figs. That's what I've heard. Well, and cobras hate people, so. Oh, yeah. That too. Yeah. If the Westboro Baptist Church told me anything... It's that cobras fucking hate humans. (laughs) That's one of many things they taught you, you son of a bitch. And also, they really hated Fig Newtons. I'm not sure why. (laughs) Who doesn't, really? Fig Newtons. They're all gritty and shit. Yeah. Abomination. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know why they chose to be that way. (laughs) Those guys are idiots. I just want to put Just Let's just cover our bases. Be honest. Those oh, guys are the years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, fuck Westboro Baptist Church. <laughs> Thank you. Following Cleopatra's death, her sons were assassinated one by one. <laughs> Egypt fell under the control of Rome and wouldn't be independent again for over 1,900 years. Octavian was given the name Augustus and would actually be a great leader of Rome and would further help it to become the greatest city of the ancient world. Cleopatra's story was written by Roman historians, who did everything they could to make her look bad. To this day, people remember her for who she slept with and associate her with using seduction to gain power. But the truth is far more complicated. She loved the men in her life and was a great leader who brought prosperity to her empire. But her lesson is an important one. If history is going to judge you based on who you have sex with, Just do what we do and don't have sex with anyone. That's right. End of story. Woo! 
We did it. We told that story. We told it well. You know what they say about these kinds of things? If a man acts like that, he's considered aggressive and powerful. A woman does it, she's a bitch. And that's how history remembered Cleopatra. Kind of twisted her into this image, but she was awesome. And she she did great things. And she loved great. And that's all I have to say about that. Except, Greg, we have a little bit more to go. Just a little bit. Just a tiny tip. And that is... The Fast Facts. Fast Fact! Number one. As a baby and a young child, Cleopatra would have had a super cush life. She would have had a wet nurse, someone would have chewed her food for her before she had teeth, and everything would be taste-tested for poison before it was given to her. And she and her childhood entourage would be surrounded by a garden where the family kept giraffes, rhinoceroses, bears, and giant pythons. <laughs> Sub latest. Fast fact number two. At her richest, Cleopatra was bringing in between 12,000 and 15,000 talents a year. This was an astronomical figure. For reference, when a young Caesar was kidnapped and held for ransom, his pirates demanded 20 talents for his return. He was insulted because he believed he was worth the seemingly insane prize at the time of 50 talents. Fast fact number three. Cleopatra and Mark Antony really were incredible party animals. She referred to him as Bacchus, the god of wine, and he called her Isis, who was also known for her partying. The two even formed a drinking club known as the Inimitable Livers. That's fact number four. The city of Alexandria, as it existed in the days of Cleopatra, was destroyed by an earthquake in the 5th century CE. Her palace, her tomb, and the remaining parts of the Great Library all fell into the sea and were lost to history. Alright, well that does it for this episode. We thank you guys for listening. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. A shout out to our Patreon subscribers, Daniel and Aiden, who, you know, they share an account. We're not really cool with it, except we know that when they listen, they're sitting on a park bench, they're holding hands, they got an earbud. And, you know, they're sharing the earbuds, one in each ear. And they're just enjoying life. You know, they're watching the sunset and listening to us. Tell them all about history. Real, true stories about history. So, thank you guys for subscribing to the Patreon. If you are interested in subscribing to the Patreon, you can find it at HunterProofHistory.com. Uh, there you will also find the older episodes and that information on the Patreon, which for just $3 a month will get you access to all sorts of bonus material, like a hundred pieces of material, audio, video, stuff like that, as well as early access to new episodes. In the meantime, also check us out at 100 Proof History on the social medias, mostly the Instagram, that's where we like to hang out the most. And for Wolf Dick, our esteemed Involute producer, for Daniel the intro guy, who just, he's had a stroke, he's doing the best he can, for Hambone, for all the rest, you know, newest everyone, I am your co-host, Christopher, and our main host is Gregory. And Gregory, do you have anything else for these people? Oh, yeah, those guys, they wanted a shout-out, mm -hmm. and that was always an offer, like, early on for Patreon subscribers. 
for whatever reason, most of them don't take us up on it. So if you're one of those subscribers or, you know, one of the new ones, just let us know. We'll say a message, give you a shout out, whatever. But with that, we've got a couple more topics to cover for you guys before we, uh, we're going on break for the month of August. I know most of you are like eight years old. You get the whole summer off. Well, we're fucking slaving away, okay? We're <laughs> slaving. So we're taking August off, going some trips with our families, our secret families, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> and we will be back on September 2nd after that. But, like I said, we'll be here the next couple weeks. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll take it through July for you. Mm-hmm. As a special favor to you. Just for you. Just for you. Don't mind the stubble. You could think of Celine Dion the entire time. Just, you know, don't mind the stubble. <laughs> I know I got a good voice and I'm good at singing that song, but once it gets to the kissing, just, you really gotta use your suspension of disbelief. Are we ready to end this episode? <laughs> yeah, let's go. Let's get out. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> Loose. Get funky. Put your right hand in. Now pull your right hand out. <laughs> all right, here we go. Put your ball gag in. Yeah, shake that ass all about. <laughs> Throw away the key to your dick lock. Throw away the key to your dick lock. When you're not looking, I'm going to throw away your car keys so that you cannot leave. <laughs> Gonna take pictures on my cell phone. Gonna use them to blackmail you. You no longer have any freedom. You are <laughs> now my sex slave. <laughs> I will feed you sparsely. Only one can of ravioli a day. <laughs> is this fun for you as it is for me? <laughs> I'm having the time of my life. But you can see that by looking at the bulge in my pants. <laughs> I've heard humans taste like shit. How are you going to find out until you eat some lab-grown human meat? I don't know. I don't know what ostrich meat or shark meat tastes like, but I don't have a desire to find out. It's like you don't even want to live before you die. (laughs) (laughs) Takes me a while to take this nighty off. Not a whore. Cleopatra and Mark Antony really were incredibly part... God you fucking moron. I hate my life. I want to kill myself. And then my yes. wife will get all the money. So I got to make it look like an accident and just kind of like disappear. All right, here we go. <laughs>